This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Saleh and Hani Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balqis, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday. The 31st of May, tomorrow we start June and we start officially, as they say, the summer weather. Am I ready for this for summer? I'm not ready because uh, apparently already we are having a very, very, very hot day. But we're looking at how AI is going to look after children at school in the UAE via facial recognition and even motion sensors. So let's say babysitters are a thing of a past because now you might just have AI to look over your kids. And also we're talking about how Google has reportedly made it difficult for smartphone users to find privacy settings. Why is that? Are they trying to kind of uh, combat Google, uh, Apple with the app tracking feature that they, they did release in iOS 14? Also, we're talking about how Tesla is starting to use an in-car camera for autopilot driver monitoring. Now, I do want to get into that one because apparently a lot of government uh, armies, uh, entities and armies are not allowing the entry of Tesla vehicles in their uh, camps. Oh, that's that's interesting to you. We're going to be telling you all about coming up on the show as well. If you are a big fan of the Fitbit, we're going to be talking about the Fitbit possibly adding a new snoring feature. I'm sure this is going to be coming in handy for a lot of wives out there who are very annoyed by their husband's snoring. Coming up on the show as well, Amazon is offering a brand new gadget for all those who are stressed. I think this is going to be coming in very handy, especially in offices where there's a lot of pressure. People are constantly stressed out. It's going to give them a chance to relax by using tech as well. Yes, but I don't think uh, office workers will be using it more like the warehouse workers. As we do know, Amazon workers in the warehouse are kind of uh, work to the bone. But let us know yeah. your guys' thoughts. 4215, do it a lot or on Instagram at Pulse95Radio. We're going to be taking a short break. But when we come back, we're talking about the AI babysitter. Pulse95. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. After a year of distance learning and then another year of hybrid learning, practicing having kids a little bit in school and then a little bit online, UAE schools are ready to have children back in their campuses, on their campuses. And with that comes a lot of worries from parents, from the kids themselves about how are they going to be maintaining social distancing, how are they going to be ensuring that their health and their safety is intact. Well, UAE schools are looking to implement some forms of artificial intelligence, facial recognition and motion sensors to help make sure that when kids return for school fully, they are returning with the most amount of normalcy that we could possibly have amidst the pandemic. Yes, now we do know that facial recognition and biometrics have been a very useful addition to the public service infrastructure when it did come to authorities using it for nabbing criminals and even to speed up the immigration at airports. But now the smart system will use computer vision for facial recognition to make sure that these classrooms and corridors are safe for students in the new normal. Now motion sensors will also be activated to flag any suspicious activity, while machine learning will also be used for monitoring and even controlling crowds. But the AI designed to ensure compliance with norms for avoiding those COVID-19 infections also does come with a personal touch to spot any signs of a child being bullied as well. 
Now, embedding the smart service into the school's infrastructure will be easy since it can collect visual info via existing CCTV networks can all, and can always analyze the data to check the attendance of the students as well as teachers. So not a lot is going into it. All they're doing is just implementing the facial recognition with AI because we do know a lot of schools right here in the UAE do have CCTV and they do have it in classes as well. So all they're doing is just adding that little extra layer of security. Absolutely. They're also going to be adding motion sensors. So this will allow supervisors and teachers to have kind of like an eye in the cafeteria and any auditorium this surveillance will help teachers and supervisors ensure that children are practicing social distancing even when the teacher is not there to watch and they're also going to be making sure that the school guidelines are not being violated either by having too many people gather in one place or by having children bully one other one another so this smart cctv camera because it has a motion sensor and because it has facial recognition it'll be keeping an eye on the behavior of all those students we've seen a lot of innovations being born during the pandemic one of them being the robotic doctor that was actually created and was implemented right here in the uae to help protect kids that were returning back to school they were measuring the temperature of the students they were measuring if they have any flu-like symptoms whenever they were entering the school trying to lessen the load on all the nurses that were uh, also working at those schools so it's nice to see now now, like a smart supervisor as well being implemented in those schools. Now, so far, we do know that the pilot project will be in Abu Dhabi, the capital of the UAE, and then, and then will be uh, kind of rolled out to Dubai and then eventually across the country. So we do see that the testing or trials will be in Abu Dhabi. And I'm very excited to see how these children kind of uh, accommodate one another, knowing that they're always being watched and there's always a different set of eyes on them let us know your guys thoughts 4215 do it or on instagram at pulse 95 radio would you be comfortable if your kids had mm. an ai kind of tracking them and letting them know that they're being tracked and if they do bully one another or if they're getting bullied uh the teachers or the supervisors or whoever will know of that let us know, know your guys thoughts coming up on the show we're going to be talking about google making it difficult for smartphone users to find their privacy settings why is that and how can we fix it keep pulse 95 locked to find out all about it you're listening to pulse 95 daily digital news bits and bytes connect our world when it does come to the privacy world, a lot of people hmm, are not so happy with the new update that uh, Apple did uh, kind of come out with their iOS, iOS 14, and how you can now know when uh, an app does want to track you and you can opt out for not tracking. And now Google has actually reportedly made it difficult for smartphone users to find these privacy settings. Now, believe it or not, Apple is making it easier while Google is making it harder. Now, these details do come from unredacted documents in Arizona's lawsuit against the company. Now, for those who don't know, Arizona is a state in the United States. Now, these documents in Arizona's lawsuit against Google do show that the company executives and engineers were aware that the search giant had made it hard for smartphone users to keep location information private. So that is a very big one. I mean, we're not talking about uh, knowing whether or not you like uh, chocolate chip cookies or peanut butter cookies. <laughs> we're talking about your location. They knew or they made it hard for you to opt out 
And uh, if you didn't know how, well, Google will know where you are searching or your location exactly. And for some people, that doesn't sit well with them. Yes, indeed. Why you gotta give the example of chocolate chip cookies and peanut butter cookies? Now I'm craving those. But the documents are actually suggesting that Google collected location data even after users have went ahead and turned off their location sharing. And I do personally see how that's true because a lot of the times Google Maps would actually suggest to you, do you want me to tell you how to get home or do you want to go to your next destination? And that's because they're collecting data about you even when you don't know that they are. They've also made the privacy settings, just like you mentioned, Tani, very difficult for users to go ahead and find. So the documents are showing that Google have pressured phone manufacturers into keeping privacy settings hidden because those settings were very popular with users and users were actively turning them off. So the lawsuit that was filed against Google last May was alleging that the company was illegally tracking Android users' location data without their consent, even if you as a user went ahead and disabled the location tracking features. The lawsuit did also suggest that Google was keeping the location tracking running in the background for some features, which I personally have experienced that as well. And they only stopped this practice when users went ahead and disabled that background tracking as well. Yes, now the unredacted documents do show one Google employee even asking if there was no way to give a third-party app your location and not Google. So they did ask that Google employee that, and he did say that it didn't sound like something the company would want revealed to the media. Mm. So I'm kind of surprised yet disappointed that Google is being shady as well. We kind of thought that Google was uh, our white knight, you know. Uh, We knew Facebook, we knew Twitter, we knew uh, Instagram. They all used to take our data. We knew a lot of websites took our data. But we never kind of suspected that the biggest search engine in the world was taking our data and kind of tracking us. But go figure. I mean, we should have known. I mean, they are the biggest. (laughs) But uh, again, I just feel like uh, we kind of have to uh, accept that even the big dogs, uh, Apple as well, they do track our data. And there's always going to be uh, a fine print that says you've accepted the terms and conditions. But obviously, we're looking at it again. I do. I'm kind of surprised that the United States actually uh, had a, made a lawsuit against them. Arizona made a lawsuit against yeah. Google because we do know that Europe is very big, the European Union, and Europe is very big on privacy. And in the United States, they really don't care as much, and uh, they kind of let things kind of fly under the radar. And uh, actually, I mentioned that yesterday. If you are bringing a lot of money, they will let it fly under the radar. But True. it looks like America is waking up to all these privacy features. Now, what's interesting is uh, when looking up which, we, as we've mentioned, you know, Google did pressure a lot of smartphone makers to go ahead and hide the security settings. And it was more specifically with LG phones. So if you have an LG phone, you'll probably find that the privacy settings are a little bit harder to find. And that's because this is what Google wanted. This is what Google pressured uh, LG and many other smartphone manufacturers to go ahead and do so that as a user, you don't disable the location tracking features. And if you're wondering why do big companies want your location, well, that's to suggest ads for you based on where you are geographically and to also basically sell your information to third-party applications, to advertisers so that they can go ahead and bombard you with more personalized ads. Yeah, I mean, basically, pretty it. Uh, if they knew where you are, they'll recommend you a burger joint, a coffee shop, or whatever. So, uh, basically, to make more ad revenue and to, I mean, 
it does sound they do have a good defense that hey we want to make your life easier but some people don't want their lives to be easier 4215 do our on instagram at pulse 95 radio are you comfortable with google tracking your location even if you say turn it off we're taking a short break but when we come back we're talking about tesla and how they are starting to use an in-car camera for autopilot driver monitoring We're talking about Tesla cars and how they will start using an in-car camera for autopilot driver monitoring. Now, Elon Musk did previously reject the idea, Mm -hmm. but we're seeing that idea come to life. Now, Tesla is starting to use the camera above the rear view mirror in the Model 3 and Model Y to help make sure people do pay attention to the road while using autopilot. Now, until now, actually, the main way Tesla's cars do measure driver attention is through sensors in the steering wheel that do look for resistance, which is actually a crude way of ensuring drivers keep their hands on the wheel. Now, if that doesn't register enough feedback, the car the car does perform a series of escalating visual and audible warnings. Now, I have actually driven a Tesla and I tested that out. Uh, the car will start kind of shaking a little bit, start making noises, saying, hey, put your hands on the wheel. But uh, now we're looking at a whole new way to keep track if drivers are keeping their eyes on the road. I think it's very neat because now Tesla would actually find a way out of all those lawsuits. In the past, Tesla has been getting into a lot of lawsuits suggesting that the reason behind a certain crash is because of autopilot. So now by keeping that in-car or rear-view camera watching the driver if they are also misusing the autopilot feature that will help them get out of a lot of those lawsuits and lessen the pressure that Tesla has been getting in the past few months. Now until uh, a few months ago just like you mentioned Hani the only way of measuring the driver's attention is through different audible and visual warnings through different sensors that are embedded within the steering wheel but this change to the system of how they're measuring if you're paying attention or not came after regulators and safety experts spent years begging tesla to add better driver monitoring to its car now the ceo of tesla elon musk did admit that the crashes involving autopilot do stem from complacency but he did previously reject his own engineer's calls to add more driver monitoring to the company's car musk did say that at the time the tech was actually ineffective companies like general motors and ford are currently selling cars with camera-based eye tracking systems that are meant to make sure that drivers are actually paying attention while using the hands driving features now i think this is great because a tesla will get out of a lot of lawsuits but b it's also making sure that drivers know that they're being watched yeah, which is a bad thing because, again, you don't want uh, to the have content, a, yeah. another, another privacy feature going on that, hey, uh, because obviously we know uh, that Tesla will probably use uh, these files for machine learning and AI and probably teach their own systems how to look or how to kind of differentiate whether or not a driver has their eyes on the road or not. And I don't think a lot of people would be comfortable with that. The more cameras you have in your car... Uh, the more at risk you're in, being hacked or something. Is it in the car? It's in the car. In the car itself? Yes. Mm, it's okay. in the car. So uh, you will, you obviously will be watched and a lot of people yeah. don't feel comfortable with that. And already, 
a lot of government entities around the world, especially those kind of top secret and military bases around the world, especially in America, are not allowing the entry of Tesla vehicles anymore because you can record and drive into these places, yes. right? Now, let's think about, hey, if they let you record uh, that front cam, hmm. right? You can get someone in a car and start recording and talking about something maybe and Controversial, uh, yeah. and then start kind of leaking that information. I feel like, uh, again, this goes back to the ethics uh, conversation Factor. we had uh, numerous times on the show. The person who should be who should be held responsible is the person who buys the car, not the car manufacturer. You see, that's the thing with with this story. It's like it's good for Tesla, but it's bad for the drivers, you know. And just like you mentioned, the the big thing with Tesla is they always have a history log, just like you would with your computer. Someone can come out, come in and log into your computer and find out exactly what it is that you were browsing with. Tesla keeps track of everything. It's like a history log. So do you support it or are you against it? Let us know. Our text lines are open. 4215, do it or sign into RDMs at Pulse95 Radio. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. If your spouse, friend, or sibling snores when they're sleeping and you have no way of proving to them that they actually do snore when they sleep, Fitbit is coming in with a brand new feature that will help settle this argument because they're going to be soon adding a snoring and a noise detection feature to all of its devices. Now, according to a report which did decomply the latest version of the Fitbit app in Google's Play Store, the feature will allow a Fitbit's microphone in devices that do have one, though, to listen to ambient noises that do include your potential snoring. <laughs> now, that will happen just after you've fallen asleep. So, obviously, uh, the Fitbit will detect when your heart rate does drop because when your heart rate drops, that means you're asleep and then the microphone will be activated. Now, not only will that feature be a major drain on the device's battery, but the idea of a sleep tracker monitoring noise throughout the night is kind of a little concerning. Creepy. It is creepy. I mean, can you imagine having your entire night of sleep recorded just so that you can find out if someone is snoring? Yeah, I mean, uh, it is a little bit creepy. It's I a little bit. Find if someone, I don't want to find out if someone's snoring if that's the case. Just record them with a the camera, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that would be worse because. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, it's a cool feature, but it's not a feature that you want to kind of market. Mm. You know, uh, again, I feel like uh, these apps, again, we just talked about Tesla monitoring uh, the eyes of a driver. Obviously, you will have a camera that will detect. And now we're talking about when you're asleep, the microphone will be on. Yeah. So it kind of uh, removes all the privacy that you thought you had. I mean, we had privacy in our own car. You know, I, I, we all sing and we all dance in our car, but now we might have uh, the issue. <laughs> of uh, us being watched in our car and when we go to sleep now maybe sometimes uh you talk in your sleep right and you have uh, fights in your sleep who knows <laughs> it's so, all gonna be recorded now that's that's too creepy to think of to be honest yeah it's all gonna be recorded now and uh not, i mean we just talked about how google does have a privacy uh uh lawsuit against them in arizona so they probably are listening to what's happening when you're asleep it's crazy because nowadays you know the concept of having any form of privacy is just gone through out the window if you're gonna be tracked in your car and tracked when you sleep when do you get a moment of peace of not being watched and not being heard in the bathroom just watch watch the watch the tech world create 
I don't know, a recording toilet or a recording sink, you name it. We're being watched wherever we are. And the interesting thing about the snoring tracker in the Fitbit is that it can't really distinguish who's snoring. So you can't really make an argument because it could also be the person right next to you that's snoring and not yourself. The Fitbit wearer or someone else in that room could potentially be the one snoring and the Fitbit will catch on to it. Also, the application does recommend that users should not be playing a white noise or any other ambient so sound in the room so that the Fitbit would be able to activate the snore detection feature. Now, this feature does require more frequent charging, which again, it drains the battery of the Fitbit. So do we really want a feature like this embedded within it? As of right now, there isn't much information about when this feature will be launched, but it is in the pipeline and we are expecting it pretty soon. Yes, and also uh, it doesn't indicate whether or not users are supposed to do anything with this information about snoring. But since we do know that snoring and the conditions that lead to it can be seriously disruptive to sleeping, it might be a useful metric to be aware of. Now, Fitbit is also introducing sleep animals as part of a separate upcoming feature, and it does appear to be much or in the earlier stages of development than the snore detector. It does look like each different style of sleeping will correlate <laughs> with an animal. And again, it is not clear what users will do with that information or how these animal images would be displayed in the app. But according to that report, a restless sleeper would be a bear, a short sleeper would be a hummingbird, and a solid sleeper would be a turtle or tortoise, and so on. Uh, I would definitely be the tortoise. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why they would create something like this, but again, maybe I, it's to help people sleep. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't want to try to fall asleep watching an animal. You know, the? have you ever heard of the studies that were done on the position that you are in when you so some people are like let's say side sleepers others are back sleepers some are stomach sleepers and each one of them could tell a little bit about how your health is but also how your uh, personality is like so if that's why it would be interesting but still i mean i just don't see the the science behind introducing features like this they're interesting are they ethical one could say that they're not really ethical because we're being watched as we sleep. Yeah, I mean, uh, we do look at Fitbit trying to kind of put their mark in the smartwatch, smartwatch uh, industry. Stand uh, out. We do know that Apple already kind of has a sleep tracker. We do know that uh, there was an there is a strap, actually not a watch, a strap called Whoop that will detect your recovery and your sleep recovery. So it does look like everyone kind of has their trademark when it does come to sleep tracking. And Fitbit wanted it to join on the marathon and create this. Uh, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't opt it. Obviously, I do believe you can turn it on and you can turn it off. So it's not really a big issue. But if you do care you can use it. Mm -hmm. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about Amazon creating an Amazon chamber. A chamber. <laughs> I like the wordplay that Amazon tried to do. And these chambers could potentially be the solution to every stressed warehouse worker that is working at Amazon warehouses. Would we like one in our own offices? That's something that you'll get to decide in just a few moments. This is Pulse95. Check this out. This you know, honey, today is a very important day for us working in the Pulse95 studios that I actually forgot to congratulate you on. Today is your, or our, <laughs> every presenter right here on Pulse95. It's our coronavirus lockdown anniversary. 
Today was the day we went back to operating from the studios. Yes, uh, it's been uh, a year. Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel like a year, but it's been a year. <laughs> the best year, to be honest, because if if we can say anything about working from home, it's stressful. It's stressful even though people think it's more relaxing because you don't really have a set time on when you turn, you know, when you are on and working and it's your work day and when you get to turn off and switch off from your work day. And Amazon has understood this stress. After more than a year of struggling with the coronavirus pandemic, people are stressed out, especially employees and more specifically warehouse employees. And that's exactly why they decided to create what they would like to call the Amazon Chamber. Yes, now Amazon does plan to put out these wellness chambers in its warehouses so that stressed workers can sit inside and watch videos about none other than relaxation. Now, in a video shared on its Twitter account, Amazon did say the AMS Amazing Chamber would actually help staff focus on their mental health. But it, de- it then did delete that <laughs> post after a wave of ridicule from other social media users. Now, the U.S. retail giant has been repeatedly criticized over the working conditions in their facilities and it's been a big issue that we do know that Amazon workers are overworked and they are not provided health care and even during the pandemic uh, they if you if you worked from home you would be fired or you mm. wouldn't be paid so uh, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world but he doesn't like to use his money or Amazon doesn't like to use their money in giving their workers a, a kind of uh, a relaxation but now we're seeing how they're trying to uh, kind of ru- soften out the rough edges and have this wellness chamber when um, I don't think the workers care about the wellness chamber. (laughs) They care about living a comfortable life. Maybe they're stressed because they know they don't have health care. I agree with you, but I think it's it's a good feature that they're introducing and I hope other workplaces also copy them and copy their style because with these booths, what you're looking at is just basically like a timeout. How people would pause their day and do a meditation session. Work warehouse employees can go in and just have a couple of minutes to themselves, 15 minutes, 10 minutes to watch short videos on wellness and well-being activities or positive affirmations, calming scenes, guided med- meditation with sounds. Now, it's it's sad that Amazon had to delete this video because of how much backlash that they got. And it's it's understandable why people would give them such hard time, because after all, during the pandemic, when everyone was very stressed out, they did not give any compassion to their employees. But it's a great feature to have, and I think we've seen it come in handy. I think Google offices also have these like mini pods. They called them the napping pods, where people can go in, sleep, rest for 10, 20 minutes, have a power nap, and then they come out feeling a lot more productive than they once were. And I do truly believe that as we move on to the future of work, our lifestyle needs to change. Our working environment needs to adapt to how and what our bodies need rather than the nine to five continuous work, workaholic lifestyle. Yes, uh, but yet again, we're looking at how a lot of people were bashing Amazon and a new site called The Motherboard described the chamber as a coffin sized booth in the <laughs> middle of an Amazon warehouse. Now, some viewers were even quick to re-upload the video to other accounts and criticize the tech giant for what has been labeled as a crying booth or even a dystopian work practice. Oh my God. <laughs> so again, uh, Amazon has been under fire for the past couple of years now because of how they treat their workers and especially how they treat their drivers as well. We do know that uh, soon enough you will, or Amazon drivers are not allowed to go to the bathroom. They have to go to the bathroom in a bottle. Oh my God. So because the, the time is money to Amazon, you know? So uh, Amazon... 
uh, treats their workers pretty badly. And uh, we do know in parts of the uh, of the U.S., there's actually a lot of strikes happening yes. against Amazon. They do want to form a union, the Amazon employees. They go out and, on protests even. Yes. And uh, again, we're looking at how... Uh, Amazon is trying to kind of smoothen the edges, say, hey, we have this uh, mindful practice room, when in reality, the workers want better pay and they want it to be treated like human beings mm-hmm. and they want to have the the decent right to have health care. I mean, I would like to have health care if I'm working for the richest man in the world. True. All right. And it's crazy, the discri- like the difference. Amazon came out calling the booths amazing booths trying to create this whole mental health drive which is totally appreciated but with everything that they've done the past year i like how people were bullying them by saying it's called the crying booth we don't support bullying but it's just a it's a very interesting twist on the name let us know your thoughts and would you like a booth like this at your workplace at the office you're working in would you like to have a little booth where you can go in have a guided meditation watch some calming waves Whatever it is that relaxes you, you can get to do that in a very quiet environment for 15 minutes and then come out feeling a lot more productive. Our text lines are open, 4215, do it to Salat or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. But this does mark the end of Future Talk for today. We've had a great hour with all of you and we hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did. Coming up on Pulse95 is the halftime show, the only place to be at three with Omar Adouri. He's going to be giving you all the latest on what is happening in the sports world, fitness and well-being. Yes, so keep Pulse95 locked because uh, we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. And uh, Omar Adouri is coming in just a bit. (laughs) This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.